afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. Uh, we're really strong on loving our brothers and knowing that everyone is our brother and our sister and that there are no exceptions to that rule. So that, uh, that song uh, is very near and dear to me. I did not realize for all these years how near and dear it was. I did a show on this the other day. Uh, you can check that out. Hey, Eric, how are you doing today? Good afternoon. Happy Friday, Susan. I'm doing fine. It's a beautiful day here in the Puget Sound. And so we're, uh, you know, we're continuing to keep on. <laughs> keep it on, That's, keep it on. Um, I normally will do the news a little bit after I do introductions, but I want to lead off today because this is very important and I'm going to discuss it more in a minute. But uh, people probably don't know that about an hour ago, they did um, arrest uh, Derek Chauvin. He has been taken into custody. Now, this is the uh, police officer. Minneapolis uh, police officer that murdered uh, an innocent man. I mean, you know, getting arrested, does it should not be a death sentence for, right. you know. So, uh, and we'll be discussing that more in a minute because it is something that uh, has impacted on me very heavily. Uh, our guest today is a old, well, I'm not, don't mean <laughs> ancient old, but <laughs> has been a friend for a very long period of time, Gentry Lang. Hey, Gentry, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Uh, how are you today? I'm good. We uh, first met in 2003 regarding the 2004 elections, and uh, you were part of a, a radical group that I dearly loved, uh, being a bit of a radical myself. Uh, you know, radical in the sense that we want open elections and we want every vote to be counted, and uh, we think it should all be fair. Radical idea, right? <laughs> I uh, I. I agree. It is radical. Um, right now, what I'm concentrating on is uh, trying to educate people on what the secret ballot is. And so I, I feel your pain there. Um, it doesn't seem like it should be radical, but uh, supporting the secret ballot is, uh, is to me, kind of important right now. Um, and people have lost track of what it is. Exactly. So you're going to be explaining a lot to our audience, and I appreciate that. Um, I want to take a moment here to uh, acknowledge and honor another friend of mine who I haven't known for that, for anywhere near the length that I've known Gentry. But um, Cheryl Hopkins, welcome back to the show, my friend. Hey, Susan. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. I'm so uh, glad you're doing your return visit live instead <laughs> of recorded. <laughs> yeah, I just I just love the in the moment, you know, seeing what comes out of me after I spent some time, you know, perusing the positions of the planets and all that stuff. But uh, it's it's cool. Yeah, I like doing it live. Yeah. There's some very heavy duty, heavy duty astrological stuff going on. Very powerful and very impactful, uh, as we can see the results of it happening uh, mm -hmm. in our daily lives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm sure you remember when everyone was like really hyper focused on January and an aspect that had been talked about in the astrological community. Um, of course, that aspect was a few years in formation. It just came into complete alignment in January. Well, let me just tell you something, my friend. Okay. 
starting last month, literally through, I would say, roughly the end of October, uh, we will have five planets, five to six planets, depending on the month, retrograde. This was very similar to last year, but the, the difference is, is that we're going to have the two planets that was in spotlight in January, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that speaks to all of the upheaval that we're experiencing, right? Right. Uh, Saturn goes back into the sign of Capricorn, aligning again with Pluto, and along with additional planets retrograde. So what, what? So how could I like translate that? So what we're talking about is the current reality, COVID, D. Um, decentralization, not not decentralization, but like de-align, the alliances that the country has built with other nations being torn apart. Um, you, beliefs around capitalism, free market, foundational understandings of who we are as America, all that kind of coming apart. It's like the collective psyche has been injured dramatically, has been wounded. We are sort of back in that space we will be heading back into that space again almost as if it's like okay once wasn't enough time to revisit again uh you could look at it from a perspective of what is it that needs further breaking down and reconfiguring which is a positive proactive way to see it okay what didn't i see before because i was too traumatized by the first hit right Maybe now that I'm, I'm in the reality, I can take a look at, okay, well, let, what else needs my attention? A negative way of seeing it is like, okay, power grab. And we're going to be seeing both, all right? The five to six plants retrograde through a fall gives a feeling of kind of being like deja vu all over again. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and for me i, I totally agree with you and, and what you see depends on where you look yes uh, and uh some of what is going on in minneapolis uh is reminiscent to me of in the 1960s in san francisco yes and i i look at the two things that were happening simultaneously there people coming together mm -hmm. loving each other and people rioting at the same time and mm -hmm. not and we still have a lack of understanding what the, quote, riot is about. Like when you mm -hmm. talked about Watts, was that, well, people were just destroying their own neighborhood. Do you not understand the 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 internal frustration of a whole mm -hmm. group of people? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And it's really fascinating, too, because Uranus, the planet that symbolizes um, revolutionary change, right. the urge to reform, right, progressive ideas um, and freedom, individual freedom, which the, the countries, the United States moon, its, its emotional temperament is in that sign. Henceforth, this whole focus on my rights and my individuality. But it's interesting that the, the sort of blind side of Aquarius is I'm all about trumpeting my rights, but I'm not always <laughs> so good at seeing you, your rights. Right. Correct. <laughs> and so Correct. we have some of that going on. So with Uranus and in, in, uh, about that in the sign of Taurus, the most fixed of the Earth signs, it's almost as if Taurus can be representative, like in a more um, mundane perspective, so to speak, as well as a psychological perspective as the body. 
the physical body, okay. you know? So Uranus in this sign, it's like upheaval, um, uh, evolutionary change around the physical form itself. And a country is a body. Each That's and every true. person within the country could be like a cell in the body. So, you know, you got that energy. But so that's the overriding, you know, sort of impact, as it were. I mean, there's so much, of course, that can be said. But I do remember, Susan, you said something um, when you had texted me about how, you know, you have had a lot going on as well. Well, you know, Venus has been retrograde since May. She will continue to retrograde until um, about the fourth week of June. She's in the sign of Gemini, or the sign of communication and travel. Well, we, what have we had? We've had all kinds of glitchy things going on with um, technology, with Zoom, <laughs> with the yes. SpaceX, right? Yes. Being able to yes. take off, having to abort, okay? So there's a reflection in that regard. Also, the nodes of the moon, karmic points that have been oh transiting God, yes. in the Cap Cancer Capricorn that had added heaviness and weight and like a, a deep like karmic memory of pain, deprivation to already the existing breaking down I spoke about before around the Saturn Pluto is moving has moved in uh, the first week of may into sagittarius gemini so sagittarius is a very different energy it's like we've been cooped up having dealing with all this heaviness and difficulty that the south node in capricorn is represented the pandemic the deprivation the loss okay um the fear now when it moves into sagittarius we want to break effing free okay we want to party like it's 1999 we don't care <laughs> We have to be released. It's almost like opening up the champagne bottle and the way the cork blows up. That's what it's like. All this pent up angst is looking to come out. So that's one of the the energetic kind of temperaments that you'll be seeing take hold more and more. But and that's a concern. And that's right, a real concern. It is a big concern because on one hand, you understand why that's so. But right. on the other hand, given the... Right, because the, given that we don't know what this virus is going to do, we're not prepared right. to handle it, that could be the death now. So, you know, it's like then we've got the Jupiter, the ruler of Sagittarius in Capricorn, conjunct Pluto saying either go, go all the way, right, or take advantage as far as you can. On the positive side, you know, where's, where's your capacity for faith? Can you, right. can you, can right. you go deep within and take a leap of faith in the negative? It's like taking advantage royally. Like, um, you, I heard you mentioned the secretary of state, Pompeo, you know, no, taking I'm, advantage. I'm talking about Washington secretary of state, not, yeah. the, not, the, not the said big Pompeo. yeah, I know, but that's United States secretary of state. I'm talking uh, Washington uh, state's secretary of state within gotcha. the state of Washington, but go ahead with what you're saying because it's good stuff. But, so Pompeo has come to light how he and his wife have been using taxpayer money to further his political ambitions. Well, you can't get more manifested literally than Jupiter Pluto in what he has being, what's being revealed about him. Correct. You know? So, you know, it's, well, it's, like, it's such a shock that anyone in this administration would use taxpayer money for their own purposes. I, 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 I'm absolutely astounded. Oh, my God. And you'll be <laughs> astounded even further because on the fifth of the month of June, we have a lunar eclipse in Sag. Yeah. So we'll find out some more stuff. 
that has not been revealed before. And then to, to finish up, we have on the summer solstice, the 21st of June, we have a solar eclipse, which is a new beginning, opportunity for, you know, to, to, to really advance ourselves and open up in the sign of cancer. So something hugely significant will occur, um, probably with countries that have cancer strong, like the United States, States. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible Russia could be impacted. Russia has Libra. And that's a, and a cardinal sign. And so there would be a stress aspect. Um, China, uh, let's see, Iran, um, this is off the top of my head, Argentina's and Capricorn as an opposite. There could be something in the news around Argentina. I think I recently saw something about um, the impact that the coronavirus is having on them and their financial Absolutely. system. Absolutely, it's really bad. So there you have it in a nutshell. Well, I did want to say something when you talked about with the Gemini and, um, you know, communication and so Uh forth. It occurred to me this morning. That's why it's fresh in my mind. I thought, you know what? I don't know why people don't just I am not fond of Twitter because there's so much meanness and bullying on Twitter. (laughs) Boycott Twitter. Quit using it, people. Just get out of it. And then I thought. Well, maybe we should boycott Facebook, too. There are some other newer social media uh, things coming up that people can use in place of Uh these. Uh And I'm like, well, you know what? Change Uranus. Hey, baby, let's do it. Let's quit using Twitter and Facebook. I think I'm going to start a whole. I think I'm going to use Facebook to talk about not using Facebook. (laughs) That is perfect. Don't you love it? Venus and Gemini retrograde. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to use you to talk about not using you. Using you. you. Exactly. <laughs> perfect. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I just I just kind of felt like I, I needed to mention that before you take off. I'm so glad to have you back. And I do want to uh, do a quick shout out for Walter Pullen. Even though we had tremendous technical difference uh, difficulties, right, Eric, <laughs> during that during that show, Walter Pullen was kind enough to step in and try to help out uh, during that. So I just wanted to honor him because he's a really good person. He's a good astrologer and uh, and also a friend. But it's so good to have you back, Cheryl. Absolutely, I'm good to be back and look forward to you and I talking. Just give me a text. All right, I know, honey. All right, you take care. All right, bye. Well, there's a a lot going on in the world, and I'd already mentioned that the uh, officer in uh, Minneapolis who um, uh, murdered this man saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, uh, this went on somewhere between eight and ten minutes. and I, the image that came to me energetically with this, we've, we've got his knee on this man's neck. And bystanders saying, stop, what are you doing? Of course, nobody uh, physically interceded. There's this fear of the police uh, to not do it and not understanding what's going on. But the image that came to my mind was the jackboot on the neck of the people. And this knee on this man's neck, killing him, just brought this forward to me, the jackboot on the neck of the people. And uh, I will say, I'm not big on looting. 
but I understand. So, well, what, what does taking a TV out of Target have to do with this protest? You're not getting it. When people are dismissed and unheard and, and don't count, they don't matter, that is a reaction. That is the thing. And when you see gun-toting thugs in the Michigan State House, nothing happens to them. But you see a CNN reporter, a journalist, clear identification on him around his neck, showing he's a, a journalist, and he is arrested. Now, let's see, what color might his skin be? Especially, <laughs> question to ask, when another CNN journalist who happened to be white was treated a couple of blocks away, treated completely different than the black journalist was. If this doesn't bring it out to you that there's a problem here, you're never going to get it. You're never going to understand what the issue is. And that is really well, it's, it's frightening on the one hand that people could be so um, fearful of telling the truth and being an aspect of the truth that they that they don't get it. I, I just have a really, really hard time. Now, Derek Chauvin, uh, he was the man with his knee on this man's throat. George Floyd. On George, I'm sorry, yeah. George Floyd. I keep saying this man instead of George Floyd. Um, I watched a... Um, a YouTube this morning of the woman who shot the video uh, the day after uh, she the, the the incident, and she was so distraught. Uh, you know, you don't realize that a murder is taking place in front of you. It, it, right. It's it's a, a disassociative response, and it's a typical response in a situation like that. Um, this is an ongoing and long-term thing that has got to be addressed in our country. If we don't look at racism honestly and openly now, I don't know what it's going to take. I, I'm really not sure what it will take for us to say we have a problem, and this problem has to be addressed and recognized and dealt with instead of like, these are bad people. Am I wrong in, in my view on this, or or it, 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 things have to change? Agreed. And we each are responsible. I'm as responsible as anybody else. So, um, and in terms of truth and openness and honesty, I did want to say something else. Uh, remember last Friday, I said um, we'll probably reach uh, over a hundred thousand deaths by the end of Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, and we did. We did. And one of the things that has made... Um, COVID-19 uh, deaths. Yes, I'm sorry. COVID, yeah, COVID-19 deaths <laughs> uh, has made this more difficult is the fact that, for instance, Florida, who, you know, we're opening everything up, they're spiking. Right. And they have not been counting. You know, I've had several people say to me, well, they're overcounting. No, they're not. They're undercounting. They're not counting the complications due to COVID-19. Right. And the state records are probably about 10% short of where they should be. 
And this is due to the fact that they're more concerned about the economy than people's lives. You know, economies come and go, and we're going to be all right. So we we have a little less for a while. We have things. This is a time for us to start looking out for each other, looking at new ways to deal with things, looking at things. I mean, Boeing laying off people is not, isn't the route to go. You know, how about just giving your investors a little less money? How about taking it from that end? Yeah. It was the I, same thing with the airlines that, you know, were screaming for a bailout again. But with all the profits that they made over the last decade or so, they put most of those into stock buybacks. Uh, exactly. Where they could have been, you know, creating a like a rainy day fund for something like this, you know, to protect their company and their employees. That's right. I mean, when you have a consumer economy and you don't allow the consumers to consume, guess what happens? So the very things they're doing to protect themselves, playing off people, is what's going to make it the, the that's the downward spiral. Right. So there's the, the, the intelligence quota on people making decisions is not very high. And uh, I... I just I just think that when you have, like I said, these armed gun toting, uh, my rights are more important than anybody else's rights, entering and threatening state legislators in Michigan, threatening to uh, kill the governor of the state uh, and all of this and being encouraged by the president of the United States in this behavior. You know, um, I have a, a, a friend who's uh a Trump supporter, and he said, oh, you and my sister would get along great. She has a bumper sticker that says, stay stay 500 feet away from me if you're a Trump supporter at this point because I don't trust your judgment. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I like her already. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I can't really argue with that. <laughs> can't really argue with that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but when you have a, a reporter Wearing credentials around his neck, completely visible. And, of course, the police officer that's taking their camera doesn't even know the camera's still on, you know, recording all of this. Uh, and you're arresting this man. The only reason you could be arresting him is, be arresting him is because he's black. It's just there's no other. And, that's the, and that was the Minnesota State Police making that arrest. And then, uh, and then Twitter finally tells uh, uh, Mr. Trump, it's really hard to say the other word, uh, that uh, looters are, sh are, are shoot. what is it? He said we're when the looting the starts, the shooting the starts. The shooting starts. Yeah. That's, uh, there's a positive answer <laughs> to someone who's been murdered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So nothing we calms down a situation like threatening mass murder. Yeah, exactly. We're, we'll just we'll we'll resolve it. We'll kill them, um, you know. And then you have the folks who like I don't have a problem now. It was interesting to me. I was in uh, Trader Joe's. I didn't see anyone in there with that was not wearing a mask, and still social distancing and very polite to each other. 
I went into Bosch's, which is a small supermarket, uh, you know, a small chain uh, here in Arizona. And they had the aisles marked just like at Walmart and all these other places down this aisle, up that aisle, you know, so that you're not uh, going in opposite directions. And, you know, some common sense sure. ways that retailers are dealing with this. And there's these people just coming. I, I said to this woman, neither she nor her son. You no, know, a young, he's probably about 10 or 11, uh, neither wearing masks, coming at me. On the, I said, uh, and I'm standing there at the end of the aisle waiting for them to finish so that I can go down the aisle. And I said, uh, ma'am, do, do, you, do you realize you're going the wrong way? Nope, didn't. And just, you know, kept going. Didn't matter to her. And uh, I saw more of that, and I saw more of that kind of thing in Safeway. So I found it interesting that in different stores, people were reacting differently. And I was actually felt very good that at Walmart, they were really, uh, the majority of people had on masks. Interesting. Yeah. So that was, that was heartwarming for me because I'm not a Walmart fan. But <laughs> well, you, you might get a different result, uh, you know, in, in different stores and different times of day. You know, it's. You know, it seems pretty random to me. It, that is, and I yeah. and I realize that that what is the word you use when you when you say that it's just an experience I've had. There's no facts to back it up. Uh, what is that anecdotal. called? Anecdotal. Anecdotal. Remember, I lost that word <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember this. What is it? Anecdotal. And it's totally anecdotal. No, no question. But I just sure. thought it was interesting to share. No, but uh, my experience has been similar. Similar, but not. I haven't been to Walmart. But what I'm finding that unfortunately there seems to be a whole lot of people that have just decided that this is over. Uh, it's and not. And it's no, spot. it's not. No, they're not social distancing. They're not wearing masks. Um, they just, oh, well, you know, we did this for a little while, but eh, we're done now. And we're, done now. <laughs> we're not done now. We're not done now. Yeah. Absolutely not. So what do you think about all of this, uh, Gentry? Oh, uh, the COVID situation? Um, the COVID and the uh, and the uh, because there's uh, demonstrations in a lot of other cities right now besides uh, well, Minneapolis as well. Yeah, I think um, that from a policy stance, well, first we should get in later what the Secretary of State does, and this is sort of outside the role. But I've always supported uh, liability insurance that was personally paid for by police officers themselves. I believe that this cop uh, had 18 former complaints against him. Um, you don't you don't need a, a you know civilian review site board or any of this stuff. Just make them carry liability insurance like medical professionals, doctors, yeah. lawyers. Contractors. Right, my daughter's a dental hygienist. She has to have liability insurance. Yeah, and then the, it, just let the insurance companies kick them out of the out of the business. This guy would have been gone long ago with 18 complaints, it seems. And, you know, in all honesty, you know, I'm, I started the petition to get the Southwest Police Precinct built. So I don't want people to go, you're anti-police. No, I'm anti-bad police. I'm anti, I'm pro good policing, community policing, which has gotten lost along the way. You know, we used to have community policing and it was very effective, very positive. But I think that the police unions um, 
have way too much power, way too much power, and that needs to go away. That that's something else that has got to change because it uh, it it does not make us a better place, and it creates uh, supporting bad police, and it creates distrust of the police with the population. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I I feel that if we could get the liability insurance rule through. Um, that a lot of the other issues would be sidestepped because if you can't get liability insurance, it doesn't matter if the union tries to get you back on your job. You know, that's I. That's a good point. If you've if you've had so many marks against you that they won't insure you anymore. It's the fact that it comes out of the general fund. It doesn't come out of their pensions. There's a lot of ways that you could make it actually fall back on the police. Uh, the damage they do. Um, right. You know, prior to burning down a police station, it seems. And, you know, I, I, I know people are. Far at that point. You know, I know people are not going to. I, I'm going to say something I'm going to get big hits on. And it may just be in the moment. I may retract it later. I don't know. But right now, I don't have a lot of issue with the police station being burned down. I mean, <laughs> just. You know, it's better than burning down the grocery store in your neighborhood. I, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I approve, okay? I'm not saying I approve of it, but I understand it. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Um, to ignore things and to hide your head in the sand doesn't do any good. I, nope. I'm not going to support the idea, but uh, at the same time, you got to address the fact that the police are... Uh, functioning fairly unaccountably at this point right and uh you know this is something and uh, there was a movie about that where there was a police station that was under attack i forgot what the name of it was it was years years ago i'll have to look that up but uh, you know after a certain number of deaths and it wasn't that also uh, in the minneapolis area in minnesota when a couple of years ago remember there was a a gentleman who uh, said, I have a permit to carry a gun. I have a gun on me. You need to know that. And he's, you know, in his seatbelt and gets shot and killed in front of his uh, girlfriend. Uh, I remember Castro. that one. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly where it was. Yeah, it was. I know it was in Minnesota, but I don't know exactly where. Do you do you know that one, Eric? Yes, I, I remember the case. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there's so many of these, unfortunately. That's the issue. You know, there's so yeah. many uh, examples of uh, police brutality uh, and uh, wrongful death against African-Americans that we hear about every single month that, you know, it, at some point it becomes overwhelming. It's hard to keep track of all of them. And, you know, with that I means know. change needs to happen. And I would like to bring something else up, too. Um, that that never gets mentioned uh, publicly. There are as many, if not more, native deaths and beatings and all at the hands of the police. Uh, native Americans have more than African Americans do. It's just that they stay quiet. And uh, so I do want to bring that in. And uh, recently with uh, a, quote, leader, unquote, whatever the heck you can call Trump at this point, 
uh, t- talking about the Chinese virus and all of this, uh, there have been attacks against Asian Americans. Sure. And so anytime that we take out one group and say, oh, we're going to go after these people. Oh, we're going to go after those people. You know, just because you holler the loudest doesn't mean you're the only ones. And African-Americans get it. But the fact is, statistically, Native Americans have a higher rate of of abuse by police than African-Americans. And that none of this is good. (laughs) These are things we have to acknowledge and change. So. Uh, we are all, we are actually a little past time from when we usually take our break, but I wanted to give Gentry a chance to say something quick about what we're going to talk about when we come back from break, because he is bringing up some really important things about elections and how important our vote is. I mean, we don't want corporations to be counting our votes and he and i go back a long way on this uh, so do you want to say something before we go to break and then to kind of entice yeah. people to listen <laughs> absolutely so what i want to cover is public ownership of elections and the secret ballot that's what i'll be talking about mostly and public mm-hmm. ownership you already mentioned it has to do not just with the physical aspects of the election but the computers And right now in Washington State, what's really interesting to me is uh, when everybody switched over to vote by mail, somehow they think magically, the general public tells me quite often that they think that there's no more computers in the system counting their vote. But the computers didn't go away. The private proprietary software didn't go away. You still have the same four major vote counting companies here in Washington State, certified to count your vote. So your vote by mail didn't, didn't magically get rid of proprietary vote counting software. And then what it actually did, though, is it really hurt the secret ballot here in Washington State. Before uh, we had vote by mail, there were roughly 2,500 or so polling sites throughout the state of Washington. Now with vote by mail, we're down to roughly 50 or 60. And that really impacts your ability to cast your vote in private, specifically if you need to. Say, you know, you have a controlling spouse, you don't live in a perfect environment, things of this uh, go on. This is why we have the secret ballot in the first place. And a vote by mail truly is not a secret ballot. And so when we switch to vote by mail, we shut down the vast majority of poll sites, and we largely got rid of the secret ballot without ever talking about it. Yeah, because that's never occurred to me uh, that that was an issue. I mean, so, yeah, that's why you're here, because, you know, I like to think that I'm on top of things, but, you know, nobody's on top of everything. (laughs) So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about those issues and solutions to those issues so that more people vote, more people have access. And, you know, because that was one of the things with COVID-19 that they talked about here, I know in Arizona, I'm sure other places, uh, the increase in domestic violence and child abuse because people are stuck at home with an abuser who's even more stressed than normal. So stay tuned to Susan Harmon Experience uh, and KKNW, Alternative Talk Radio. We'll be back with Gentry Lang right after the break. 
Are you ready to become comfortable in your own skin? The Vast Institute's encouraging curriculum is designed to infuse your world with optimism and creative life solutions. Our four pillars of learning provide a holographic toolkit taking you to the next level. If you're ready to experience a quality of life currently beyond your imagination, call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to discover how to enrich your life at work or play. From Susan Harmon's private collection, these rare finds are now available for purchase until the end of June 2020. Quartz crystals that are large generators, rare Antarctic crystals with only three available. Russian phenakite, just one amazing specimen left. Czech moldavite of medium-sized high-quality pieces and various spears. Check out the pictures at Susan Harmon's Facebook page or email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206. 206- 6-853-5225. That's 206-853-5225. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Marie D. Jones for a discussion of her latest book, Earth Magic, a guide to natural potions, plants, herbs, and more. On Saturday, Daniel Bruce Levin returns to continue the discussion about archetypes playing themselves out in the COVID-19 pandemic. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering a 20% discount on a bi-locality session if booked by June 15, 2020. Social distancing? No problem. You receive the energy in one location while Susan uses stones and sound in the pyramid at another location. To book your session or to ask about a three-session special, email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206-853-5225. That's 206-853-5225. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. Yes, People have the power on Susan Harmon Experience and everywhere else. They just have to choose to use it. Welcome back and uh, welcoming back uh, Gentry Lang. Uh, Gentry, you have a very interesting background. Uh, I know that uh, you you do a lot of different things, but it's always been about the vote uh, for you. Yeah, absolutely. So when... uh, you and I first met, I was working with uh, Andy Stevenson. He ran for Secretary of State in 2004. And he was working with Bev Harris from Black Box Voting. And uh, so I got involved with those folks early on. And eventually a documentary called Hacking Democracy hit HBO about that little crew. That, uh, you know, we, that campaign we ran 2004 for Secretary of State Nobody really remembers anymore. We dropped out before the primaries even happened. But nobody remembers the other candidate. They all remember Andy because he had a huge impact. He did. He was quite a guy, and I know that uh, his death impacted you in a very huge way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's nice <laughs> yeah. to talk about it six, you know, 15 years later. It's a lot easier uh uh now than it was then but he died of pancreatic cancer in 2005 and uh his last vote was actually a vote by mail ballot that got rejected because his signature didn't match 
And that's when I started looking into vote-by-mail problems and what was going on with the switch to vote-by-mail and finding all sorts of problems that nobody talks about. Um, the signature issue is one issue. Ballots going to the wrong place all the time is another issue. Uh, but the biggest one is the secret ballot. The undermining of the secret ballot with vote-by-mail is perhaps the biggest issue I have with it. And, and, ha- uh, and how does that I, work? So how does how does voting by mail hurt it being a secret ballot? Okay, so the secret ballot is really known uh, traditionally as the Australian ballot, and it has four main things that have to go on, two of which are voted in a private poll booth and in secret, basically. So um, when you do it at home, you are no longer voting in secret. If you can sell your ballot, if you can buy a ballot from somebody, if there is a mechanism for which that they can make it then a valid vote, which is easy, you sign it and leave it blank, it is not a secret ballot. The poll booth is actually what enables a secret ballot. That is, uh, the keystone part of a secret ballot is voting in private in a poll booth without anybody else there, not your brother, sister, husband, or father. Uh, nobody's supposed to be able to see how you vote. Voting at the kitchen table is not the same thing. So, well, go ahead. No, no, I, I, I get that. And, you know, something I don't think about because I don't have anybody around me who's going to try to force me to vote it. You know what I mean? Vote against what I right. want. Uh, that'd be pretty difficult. Um, so, I, you know, I don't even think about that. And, um, uh, and the signature thing, though, I understand that. My my question is, and it's, you know, uh, is I think that during the break you mentioned that uh, the printing uh, printing ballots right now, there's no way to do it by November, but that there's a simple solution that people can use an absentee ballot because of the COVID-19, because that was my concern, okay, so... We need to find a way that people can vote without risking their health. Yes. So my argument would be, uh, one, Washington and the Democrats are proposing vote by mail as some sort of wide-ranging solution to the COVID problem in voting this November. The problem is, if you look into what the state rules and laws are state by state, that simply is not going to happen legislatively. And it is also not going to happen because the ballot printers don't have the time between now and November to print 200, basically 200 million absentee ballots. Uh, they could maybe print about 10% of those ballots, from what I understand, between now and November, if they had the go-ahead now. So it is not truly a solution that's going to work physically through the printing, and it's not going to work legislatively because these decisions would have had a be made long ago. For instance, Washington State took about 20 years to fully switch over. And we're talking about doing it in a crazy pandemic suddenly without everybody on board. It's not going to happen. So what I propose is that instead we talk about early voting centers combined with drop-off absentee ballots. So states that do have absentee ballots and do allow you to vote absentee and perhaps not through the mail, you can still walk it to your polling place and drop it off. And that is perhaps the more secure system than a mail system. The part of the mail system 
getting involved in the absentee system that I don't like is that it is once again not public ownership of the vote counting system. When you privatize any part of the system, you allow for more, you know, tricks to go on, let's say, in your voting system. And so what we used to have is a precinct-based, poll-based, count-them-at-the-poll precinct-based system. Correct. And And that was our physical control of the ballot. Volunteers worked in in Washington State, roughly twenty five hundred poll places. And I worked. Did, I worked at polls. Yeah. Right. And so that was our physical control of democracy, right there. What is so insidious to me about vote by mail is that's what is being shut down when you switch to vote by mail. You get rid of all the little old ladies and little old men that are teaching the other volunteers how to do it. It's not going to come back. And so when you shut that down, you're shutting down the physical control. When you allow the corporations to count your votes with secret software, you're shutting down the counting. That's where my issue comes in. And that's what what I'm really interested in you explaining to people, because most people don't get that, that it's private corporations that are doing the vote counting, that they have the software, private. Now, it's not Diebold anymore. I know they changed their name. It's called but, Dominion um, now. They're still Diebold. Dominion, but still Dominion. Diebold, but just changed the name. And they're in Canada. Yeah, they're, uh, they're all over. I think they're heavily in Brazil as well. Um, places things are going wrong. Uh, Diebold, is, Dominion Systems is there. I think they should probably take it as a new commercial tagline. Um, <laughs> if it's going wrong, Diebold is there. <laughs> but, uh, see, I, I try to look at voting systems kind of as what are our goals and right. do any of these things fulfill our goals. And if my goal is public ownership of the system, then I am against the privatization of the voting software, and I'm also yes. against the privatization of the physical control as well. One of the things in Washington State, and people don't know this, is private companies collect and sort all your ballots, too. So really? You, you think it's just going through the post system, but no, it still gets handed off to private companies. And we exposed this, Andy and I exposed this, back in 2004. Jeffrey Dean and John Elders were set up with Postal Services Incorporated, and they were the ones sorting all the ballots. They were two felons from King County that were... <laughs> felons for embezzling from Preston <laughs> Gates and Ellis. They had tremendous computer skills. One was a cocaine smuggler. They got set <laughs> up. This is all true. It's all in the Seattle Times. All you got to do is Google Jeffrey Dean and John Elders, and boom, you got two felons that, are, that were sorting all of our incoming ballots. And, and right. what, what they had done previously is they had been embezzlers and cocaine smugglers. What, their qualifications for trickery in the voting system were high. Their qualifications for other <laughs> things, I don't know. But people, I'm sorry. I shouldn't me, laugh, but but with yeah, the way things are going, it's just there's no other choice than to laugh. The thing for me is that I believe in public ownership of our voting voting systems. I Absolutely. believe in open source software, so we can own our software and see how our votes are counted. I believe in kicking the corporations out of our vote counting system. But I also believe in fixing the absentee ballots by addressing the, the, the security issues with the mail system. 
Okay. And how do you do that? Well, I believe what you do is you recreate an optional poll site system. We might not get back up to 2,500, but if we could have at least 10 poll sites per county, people that needed to vote in private could vote in private. And let's say you have a scenario where they were forced to vote one way. Well, if you had a system set up properly, they could go in and void their previous vote and vote privately anyway. So there are secure systems that you could put in place that still allowed most people to vote by mail, but expanded the poll site system. I also very much approve of the drop boxes we're using. Uh, it improves the chain of custody issue. Um, one of the things people don't even pay any attention to with vote by mail is how much mail gets lost how much gets misdirected. My vote That's got true. thrown out one year, got thrown out in 2008. I got a letter back that said your vote didn't count because you voted too late. Well, I voted four days ahead of the election, but I get a letter that says, for some reason, through the system, too late. And that is when you add up the errors and vote by mail, Washington, Oregon, Colorado are literally throwing out the most votes in the nation. Really? I did not yeah. know that. You know, well, the thing of it is, is Gentry, you're giving information I was completely unaware of, and you're backing it up with actual statistics. Yeah, it's a hazard I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a real problem. Your transparency is so annoying. Um, so, yeah, because, you, you know, expanded poll sites, I've always thought that that was, I mean, I'm, I've been a supporter of, a national holiday for the presidential election. Do you know what I mean? That So that sure. there's no lines, there's no, do you know? Um, we should make voting easier, not more difficult. And my big issue is because, and we can't, we don't have time to go into this today, but, you know, when Bev Harris talked about fractionalized voting, uh, that just blew me out of the water. Oh, yeah. Well, Bev is, you know, the grand grandmother of the revolution here. She, yeah. she knows more than I will ever know about this stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. But you know, you know quite a bit. So what kind of platforms are you finding where you can get this information out to people so that people understand uh, how important their vote is, how important their their privacy is and, and how important it is for us to get corporations out of the vote vote counting. I mean, because that these, you know, when Diebold can give you a, uh, when you go to an ATM, because they make ATM machines, they make voting machines, you can go there and then give you the date and the time and the amount sure. of money you have in your account and all of that, but they can't give you a, any kind of a receipt for your vote. I mean, it's not just a receipt, but, you know, like blah, 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 what number is are you number 388 voter or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, these are very flimsy little things that are easily hacked. Right. So the reality is that the initial problem becomes apparent because of the secret ballot itself. If we didn't have a secret ballot, if everybody just voted publicly, we could vote, get a receipt, just like with banking. But in right. banking, you know the amount you're putting in. You know the amount you should have there. But with the secret ballot, that all goes out the window. Okay. So um, the platforms that I am finding, they are somewhat limited. I am, of course, running for Washington Secretary of State. 
uh, the Secretary of State is the chief elections officer in the state. So my goal with running for office is not necessarily to win. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be honest here. I'm running as a progressive. The Democrats and the Republicans they I don't know where the difference is for this position. Because well, Gail, I know that Gail Tarleton is the Democrat running, and Kim uh, Widen or Wyden is the Republican. And then there's yeah. uh, Ed Minger or Minger. Uh, uh, yeah, he's an independent. I haven't heard anything from him, the independent Ed Minger. Right. Um, yeah. But the Republicans brought in vote by mail to Washington State. Sam Reed, the former Secretary right. of yeah, State, Sam Wyman. I, I don't know what the Democrat argument is here in the Secretary of State's race because they've already got what they're arguing for nationally. So I don't know. For me, the platform I have is to get out, run for office, talk about it. My website's gentry4sos.com, the gentry, the number 4sos.com. And I, uh, I, I talk about it every chance I get, all the media that I can get exposure to. I was recently uh, announced in the Christian Science Monitor. Um, I reach out to the media constantly. I try to get them to talk about the secret ballot. Uh, it was, 15 years ago, Andy was magical. That man was magical with the media. He could talk to anybody. I don't, I, I don't, I don't have the same magic he had. Uh, I'm just trying to you know, follow, follow in his footsteps as best as I can. Well, um, you're doing a good job. Anything I can do to support uh, the public knowing more about their vote, how it works, how it's counted, uh, what is in their best interest to get have their voice? Because I've said this, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times. Um, the only voice a citizen has in, in how their country is being run is their is their vote. And when there's so much misinformation or non-information, non-information is as deadly as misinformation uh, about this. And, and, you know, when you're fed lies daily, you know, from the highest levels, it just really impacts. But having corporations that have a vested interest count your vote is not a healthy way to run a democracy. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I wish that either major party would start arguing about actual election integrity and not just what helps them. Uh, let's Win. talk about the real real issues, which is accuracy, right. security, and increasing access. Well, we are completely out of time. I usually allow myself a little bit a little bit of room. It has been a great day. Thank you, Gentry. I appreciate it. I want to have you back because we didn't cover near as much. But everybody, keep on dancing.